Hey everybody, I'm Chris and with me is Matt. And we're slowing down to better connect with the people and stories around us between the miles. Matt, so good to see you, my friend. How are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing awesome, man. Um, yeah, I don't know what life is like for our listeners, but we've been uh, getting just hammered with snow and ice here. So it's it's kind of thrown my routine off a little bit uh, over the last week. How, how about you? Yeah, you know, having disruptors like that in life can uh, definitely be a little... Um, a little kind of uh, discombobulating, you know, um, as, as our listeners are learning, we both like to run, we like to run together. I haven't ran with you in uh, in a couple of weeks and it's just, uh, you know, I'll blame the snow a little bit, but also just uh, things seem to pop up. And um, I, I don't know, when, when you feel discombobulated or uh, sort of like uh, disrupted or off kilter, Matt, how, how do you get back on track? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big lists person anyway. Um, and you know realistically the snow disrupted like thursday friday saturday for me and i kind of had a sense that it would um or actually thursday and saturday i thought i was going to get out on friday and sunday and and chris one of the biggest things that i've done during this time is to be a little bit easier on myself um so not to let myself off the hook but you know i didn't run friday i didn't run sunday that i had every intent to but I also think about the fact, and, and you probably know this well enough, like it was pretty darn icy, you know, it was not pretty out there. And if I go out and get hurt, well, then how many other runs would I miss, right? If I slip on ice or, or whatever it is. So yeah, to me, I'm kind of coming into this thing, you know, uh, feeding for a run, uh, but also just red hot on, you know, just some, you know, other awesome things and in conversations I've been having, you know, in my life. So, you know, all balances out. No, I, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. And, you know, it, it's funny because um, I'm the same way. I'm itching to get out and everything. And I know for me, it's in these times where things are a little unsettled to sort of like take a step back and check in with myself and look at yeah. some of my strengths. And um, I don't know if I've shared this on the uh, show yet, but um, I do something called M-Code um, um, Facilitating which is all about recognizing your, your, your motivations and your strengths. And, and, uh, and I think no matter what kind of assessment that you look at, whether it's Myers-Briggs or Strength Finders or M-Code, it's important to take that step back. Anytime you're disruptive, feeling off kilter and check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I'm excited about today's guest, Kate McKay, who, um, Matt, you introduced me to um, a couple, like oh, about a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago. And uh and I, I'm just uh, so excited for our, our listeners to hear the conversation that we have with Kate. Yeah, you know, there's some things that I, I really, you know, kind of resonate and identify with Kate on, you know, the first thing, and, and I don't know if she mentions this in the meeting or, or the interview or not, but she, she coins herself as a first generation entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, we, we've brought our listeners into a small aspect of our background, but I came from a tremendous family, right? Like super loving, taught you right from wrong. Um, but no real like entrepreneurs, like nobody that really went out and paved a path. And, and as like the oldest grandchild, uh, I, at least on one side, I mean, you can make an argument for the other, but as the oldest grandchild locally, um, I was kind of always paving the path for whatever was going on. 
And so to hear Kate identify herself as a first generation entrepreneur, that just really like resonated with me. And what I think our listeners are going to uh, pick up on Kate is just how fearlessly authentic she is. I mean, the energy that she just lets off, uh, it makes you feel like, oh man, I can, I can, I can go and, and conquer the world or, or this is a person I need to have in my life, right? <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And, and, and I, 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 that's one thing I really enjoyed as well was her enthusiasm, her uh, ability to inspire us and, and everything. And so, um, Matt, well, let's get started with this first generation entrepreneur. Everybody, here's Kate. Kate, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful and happy to be here for sure. So we are so excited to have Kate with us today. Uh, Kate is someone that actually Matt introduced me to. So I'm not going to, well, that's how I met Kate. But Matt, why don't you talk about how you met Kate? And then Kate, why don't you tell everybody what you do? Yes. So so Kate and I actually, we met in a really unique way. Um, So, you know, uh, I do a lot of work with the Ullman Cancer Fund for Young Adults. Um, it's an organization here in Baltimore that has really made a profound impact in our lives through a very difficult time with our family. And uh, I was actually on the news. Um, yeah, you to, were. I was on the news to um, for this thing called Beard Off. And I had the most ridiculous beard, but it raised a lot of money. And um, And Kate was like, my first PR manager. It was the coolest thing ever. So cool. Yeah. And, um, and she really helped guide me through that process. And, and then I, you know, we connected afterwards. She, I believe came to some Omen events and, and we had stayed connected through that. And then I saw her journey as an entrepreneur really take off. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to re- uh, reconnect with this person. And, uh, and so here we are today. And uh, that's pretty much how I met Kate and how we've gotten to know each other, but I'm really excited for today's conversation to learn even more about her. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, you crushed that interview when you were on TV. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. We'll have that... to find a footage of it somewhere and maybe post it in the show notes because that beard was pretty ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> super ridiculous. We called it the Lemmy, right? So just really quickly for the listeners, I the way that um, I raised the money was I, I allowed people to vote on how I would shave my beard. And someone came up with this idea for the Lemmy where like the chin part is, is essentially carved out. And um, I had to go to work for like a month like this, but it raised, <laughs> like it raised, I think like close to like five grand. And I'm like, I just told my employer, I'm like, listen, you know that this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, apparently it's working. So as long as it works for us and it's not getting in the way, I'm going to have a ridiculous beard for 30 days. This beard is staying. Yeah. And it did its job, right? It got the conversation started, raised awareness. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Kate, why don't you kind of bring us up to speed in, in uh, you know, just a little bit about where you are today. And then maybe we can jump to, you know, Kate prior and Kate after and, and figure it out from there. BC. Yes, absolutely. I feel like I've taken so many, I like to call them career plot twists since we've met. So it is so cool to, you know, be able to reconnect after all these many changes. Um, But that was actually my first job out of college. So I started at a public relations agency and 
gosh, that was such a cool, fun job, obviously, to work with people for like media opportunities. I also, it's funny being a business owner now, I'm obviously kind of on the flip side of that where I'm speaking about my business and I'm like, wow, I like being the PR person sometimes like behind the camera, but um, so I feel for you being the spokesperson. Um, But yeah, so since that PR job, I kind of had this hunch that I wasn't where I was supposed to be and I had potential to start my own thing. I don't even really think I knew which direction I wanted to head. Um, I just knew that there was something different for me. So uh, my first job when I was a kid was helping a florist. So I actually, when I left that PR job, I started my own business doing wedding flowers. So that is uh, what I did for about a year and a half full-time. And around that point, I was still really questioning where am I supposed to be? What is my purpose here? And I was reintroduced to the Myers-Briggs. And taking that tool was just really life-changing for me at that time. It was something to latch onto and be like, okay, that's why I am the way I am, or that's who, that, that makes sense to me. So um, long story short, I got certified after I realized that this could help a lot of people. Um, and that snowballed into my business now, which is right to be relevant, where I love to empower people to tune into themselves be more self-aware and really advocate for what you want and need in your life. I I love that. I love that. And and that's one of the reasons I know Matt connected us because with my consulting business and and everything. And I I think when we first connected, I'm still fresh in my new, so I remember us sitting down and being like, well, what are you figuring out? This is what I'm figuring out. But um, I love the Myers-Briggs. I'm an ENFP. Um, Matt, do you know your, your, your letters? I have to go on Kate's Facebook page because I have it and I always forget it. My short-term memory is terrible, but I think I'm an ENFP. I think you are too. I think that's what we said before. And it's funny, I kind of, I started as an ENFP and then I shifted over to ENTP and now I am planted in ENFJ. So I've been kind of bopping around a little bit, trying to figure it out myself. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I didn't realize you could bounce. I'm sorry, Chris, like tell us about that. Right. So, I mean, they say that your innate preferences are always there. So I think it's really was just a matter of me combing through what is conditioning and what really is my authentic self, because your preferences aren't necessarily what you're the best at or what you do the most of. It's what feels the best. So for me, it took a little bit of time to kind of dig through and get to the core of like, am I doing this because I actually like it? Or am I doing this because this is what I've condition myself to, you know, show up as. Well, and Kate, if I'm correct, right? I mean, um, well, one, uh, your Myers-Briggs can shift if there are major life events, you know, and Mm -hmm. also it's one of the assessments that they don't recommend that you take when you're like a teenager because of so many different things that happen and shape that. Um, And then secondly, I think, right, if, uh, as you dive into the quadrants, right, the the sub um, Mm -hmm. uh, themes, that's when you really start to iron out exactly what you are. A lot of people just take the initial test. It will take like the online personality, but that's where it's beneficial to have a certified coach, right? Uh, to kind of take you through that. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel like people forget that, you know, you get your four letter type from the responses that you give. Right. So it's not like this, like body scan and they tell you what your four letter type is. It's based on what you're providing. Right. So based on what you just said, I feel like, yeah, it's relevant to look at your roles. So if I'm in a role where I have to, let's, let's look at like thinking, feeling, right? That TF, 
if I'm in a role where I have to be very logic driven and very objective, I'm going to be flexing that T. So I might think I'm a T, but turns out if I really tune in, I would prefer compassion, empathy, and harmony over logic and objective thinking, but I might yeah. have to do it for my job. So yeah, the bit where you are in your life definitely can uh, be a bit of a, you know, that's what you would have to look at. How are you showing up in your roles? Definitely. When, when you come across clients and um, maybe not necessarily within Myers-Briggs, but um, well, I guess let's, let's take a step back. How, how do clients um, find you or, or what are some of the reasons they come to you? I mean, you shared a little bit of why, why uh, you know, your, your, your business uh, does what it does, but uh, what do you feel like is the initial reason uh, most of your clients come to you? So far in my business, I feel like it has been a lot of me, the sharing my story really, and people identifying with my story. And it's nothing more than just being me basically typing into Google, like something's off. I feel like something's missing. You know what I mean? So I think people resonate with that, that like, you know, nothing is um, overtly like wrong necessarily in my life, but I'm just feeling like something's missing. I'm feeling like I'm not hitting the mark in my life. Um, and I think people resonate with that. So, so far the way that I've found people is through just me being authentic and sharing my story and people kind of latching on and relating and saying, wow, yeah, that's, that's describing how I feel. I think when you're in that place, it's hard to describe how you feel. Right. Cause you're just like, I don't know. I just know that something's off. <laughs> yeah. Where, where does that, like when you're having that conversation with people and figuring out if there's the connection of, of a coaching relationship or just any type of relationship, where do you start the, the, the journey inside that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Does it start in the transition of like nine to five to entrepreneur, or does it start back like, Hey, I grew up in Baltimore County. This was this, this, and that, like, can you just kind of walk us through what that journey looks like a little bit um, that you're conversing with people about? Definitely. I feel like it starts with, for me, I feel like it started in this shift towards awareness when I was kind of around when we met, right? Back in um, when I had that first job out of college. And that's really where it started for me, where I realized I was at that time in this place of almost ignorance of myself. So ignorance is kind of a harsh word, right? You don't want to be ignorant, but by definition, it means you lack information. And at that point in my life, I lacked information about myself. I was full of information about the outside world and what I should and could be doing, right? But I lacked information about who I was and what I actually wanted and needed. So that is when I kind of took this shift from ignorance to awareness. So awareness is really not even like doing things yet, finding the dream job or finding all those outcomes. It's more just opening up and starting to be like open to what you don't know. Um, instead of just kind of head down tunnel vision. And, and so when people are meeting you, are they just at like that first step at this point where they're, they're in that, and, and for lack of a better term, they're in that ignorance space, but they're starting to have like that feel or that intuition, or are you meeting them, you know, at, at, at multiple different levels? I think so. I really do think 
I uh, resonate with people who are kind of in that stage of um, being so tuned in with the outside world and not as tuned in with their inside world. Um, and I think really the first step in my conversations with these people is seeing and hearing them. I think we all just really want to be seen and heard. We make it um, very complicated, right? We're very complex human beings, each of us very unique individuals. But I think at the core of everything, we all just want to be seen and heard. And I think compassion and lending that, holding that space for people when they're at a time where they just don't know which way is up and they're a little confused really is the first step to, you know, one day getting to those great outcomes that they do want. Yeah. So if we could rewind a second, right? Cause like, right, this has been a bit of a spiritual journey and maybe in this short five years, but you know, when you think back, like who's been a person in your life that maybe without knowing it until today, that maybe really set you down this path or had the type of impact in the past, mm -hmm. right? That started to get you to think differently, you right. know, and, and maybe someone from the past. And then we can talk about maybe even, you know, someone now, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, so it's funny. I really do feel like I was a totally different person before around like 2017 is like the year that I just totally was like shifted into that state of awareness. And there were a couple things that happened around that time for me. One of them being, I started going to a therapist and that was pivotal for me in my life. Um, therapy was not something that I was, had ever experienced and I didn't have anyone really in my close circle that went to therapy. So I never really saw it as an option, but I just, again, had that, that, uh, that moment of like, I think there's something here for me. So I need to lean into this. So the woman I do see, I still see her and she definitely, you know, served an incredible purpose in my life. She held that space for me. Right. It's, it's, um, really an incredible gift to have space held for you. And I feel like she had did that for me at that time, big time. Um, and I think that's a person that stands out to me at that time and meeting my now fiance, Matt, um, in 2018, he's another person that really has just showed me what unconditional love is and held space for me in a way that I really didn't know was a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Kate, I want to first thank you for, uh, you know, sharing, uh, your experience with therapists. Cause you know, that's something that I do too. I, I share, um, a therapist and, and even though you're not in therapy, you're in, in coaching and consulting, there is a level of vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. Um, how do you, how do you help people? Because even, even though it's not therapy, but like personality assessments and things like that, there has to be that level of, like you said, self-awareness and, 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 uh, vulnerability. How do you guide people to be more vulnerable, to be more open, especially in, in the type of relationship you develop with them? Yeah. Oh, that's so huge for people because there is such this barrier to break down before people even get to the point of opening up, right? It's just a matter of disarming them and helping them feel like, you know, there's nothing... Um, this is a safe space and really creating that type of environment, that judgment-free, um, really like almost an objective look. Um, so I think when I work with 
people. And when I talk to people, it's just a matter of really helping them see this is your experience. This is your experience on this planet. I have mine over here. Everyone else has their own. So no matter what you say, this is you advocating for you. And that's great. And you should do that. So I think it's really just a matter of like reminding people that this is good. And this doesn't have to be like a heavy thing. This can be good. This is you um, shining your light. Yeah. So out like, man, that is, as Chris put it, like, that's just awesome and deep. And, and I think a lot of people need to hear that. Um, my mind was immediately gravitating towards the book. I don't know if you've read it, but maybe you should talk with someone by Lori Gottlieb. Oh, I haven't. Oh my God. So it's the perfect mix of like making what you're talking about kind of real, like, Hey, there was an executive, there was a normal person, right? There was a person battling illness mm. um, mixed with like some humor in there. Um, so it's a book for just about anyone, but it also got me thinking of like, okay, you started this journey, let's say in 2017, what's, what's like a big habit or something that you've formed or gotten rid of in something of your, in your life that's really just had a profound impact, right? As you've grown to who you've become today in 2021. Yeah, I think I love this question. I feel like generally it was making myself relevant and tuning in and saying, okay, Kate, this is you, this is your life. You have your own experience. What does this look like for you? And in doing that, one habit that I did break was drinking alcohol. And I think that was um, a huge change for me um, in it. It was such a big part of my identity and a hobby, really, you know, so it was it was taking up so much space in my life and I didn't really realize it at the time. But when I allowed myself some distance from that, I could see um, that it was keeping me holding me back, really. So since I've stopped drinking alcohol, I feel like I've realized, learned so much about myself and been able to see the parts of me that I was basically just covering up with hiding behind let's grab a drink and just do it using that as a hobby. How, how has that shaped the relationships you've formed over? I, I think you had mm. mentioned it was like the last year and a half or whatever it is, yeah. because I mean, well, <laughs> we're, we're in a pandemic, right? So there's right. Uh, probably, you know, uh, uh, you know, it probably made it, I don't want to say it, it probably wasn't easy, but it probably, right. It took the social interaction out of it, but has it changed maybe the relationships over the last year and a half of like, this was my identity. These sure. were the people I knew because of that identity. And here's where I am today. Like, I think that's something that people struggle with when they think about going alcohol free, right? Not just giving up mm -hmm. alcohol. Right. Absolutely. No, it's, it's shifted things a lot for me in my life because it really is like, it was the curtain and now you remove the curtain. It's like, okay, what's there? What are we really working with? Right. So it definitely has shifted some relationships in my life. And I think there's nowhere where it hasn't brought more truth, right? It just is so much more, there's so much more authenticity in the time that I spend with people because I'm not hiding behind, um, you know, needing to grab a drink or getting to some type of baseline to not be anxious or to address hard conversations. It's now just real. Um, and pe it's funny, people always ask me like, wow, you quit drinking is your life so great now? Like, right. That was always the first question people would ask. And it's like, actually that first year was so hard because 
I realized how much I was using that to get my anxiety to like a baseline where I could then, you know, have those be fun, more fun and have more tough conversations or whatever. Um, so that's been growing pains for sure, but it's something I would, now that I've made that change in my life, I wouldn't have it any other way for sure. I, I really liked how you described it, uh, remove the veil, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like alcohol is a great example of things that we use to um, kind of break that that awkwardness or that silence, you know? Um, in fact, uh, one of the things I've learned with the students uh, or teenagers that I've led in, in small groups I do through my church is that when you have the um, Zoom call or in-person stuff, there's certain things we can't do just to remain safe. And it really just means we have to talk, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, uh, there's no uh, working your way into it. It's basically just jump into that conversation. What other things do you feel like are veils that people use to, um, to prevent really from having those authentic, deep conversations? And the reason I ask that is part of the, uh, it, it's behind kind of the mission that, that Matt and I have been talking about with Between the Miles, right? We feel like there's so many neighbors that we have that we truly don't know, right? So I guess I just kind of named one veil, but what other veils would you like, have you seen out there that prevent people from being truly authentic? Mm. I feel like as a society, we hide behind our roles a lot. So we are so locked into, okay, what does parent look like? What does, um, you know, partner look like? What does boss look like? What does business owner look like? And I think people, it's hard to strip that away and say, wait a second, I'm a human being first. So I think that's really that is a big one. I think we, I mean, we're all juggling so many roles, right? Everyone has so many different roles and different ways that you show up, but it's a matter of finding continuity across those roles so that you're not just totally shifting into, okay, what do they need for me? How am I supposed to show up here? Um, so I think, and that's, that's like lifelong work, right? Like way easier said than done, but I think that's, that's where it's at. That's where you find your true self. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, as you were saying that I I was actually like formulating these pictures in my head around like, you know, it's probably also like money, possessions, Mm -hmm. titles, right. As you mentioned roles. And I, I, I can't remember if we were talking about this prior to recording or not, but you guys had talked about how you view me as this person that connects these people. And I've connected the two of you guys together. And, and Kate actually uh, jokingly in her email said, I didn't realize it was Chris who was going to be <laughs> co-hosting. But, but the reality is, is there was actually a, a bit of a self-image that I had to get past, right? Like, like you hold this image that like, oh my God, if this doesn't work out, these two people are going to think less of me, mm. right? That's mm-hmm. number one. Um, number two, it's also this, uh, this like, uh, weight of fear of failure, right? So if this doesn't go well, or if I do this and they say no, or I don't get the deal or whatever it is, it's like these two things, right? It's your own self-image and then this fear of failure that just constantly weighs people down in all those other areas, you know, is there anything you can speak to around that? Totally. I feel like that you just hit on like a really big point there because I think constantly subconsciously and a lot of times even consciously, we're kind of scanning, okay, what's working here? What's making people happy? Oh, people are laughing. 
So that must be working. Oh, this is getting me love. So it's like, we're taking notes almost. And cause we all just want to be loved, right? We all just want to be accepted and appreciated. So it's hard to not just sway in the direction of whatever is getting you that good feedback. Um, so I think really it's a matter of just getting grounded and saying, yes, that's great. And is it working for me? So, um, uh, yeah. I, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because, um, you know, with Matt, like what you were saying and Kate, what you were sharing is the fact that um, there are so many different factors in our life that shape us who we are. And really um, one of the things that, you know, Kate, you use the term discovering your true self, right? It's, it's, it's understanding exactly our innate purpose of like why we were put the, here on this earth. And, and even if you believe that you were put on this earth for a purpose and, and that's why, um, you know, I was just working with a client recently that, um, has one role that she wants to be known for, but she keeps on getting affirmation for another role that she enjoys, but not as much as this one role. And so it's discovering her true joy, right? Like what, what's this joy that, that I want. And, and it really comes down to, um, you know, is the identity that you're forming about yourself, right? Is it so much self-formed or is it pressure from the outside world? Right. And even if it's pressure from the outside world saying like, Kate, you must be a florist, right? Like, how would you, if you, if you have a client in that sort of situation where they're struggling because other people are recognizing them for one gift, but they really want to be known for another, like, how do you help mm -hmm. them kind of, um, to handle that or, or approach that? Yeah, I think it's a matter of combing through and really identifying what is relevant to you. So like, are you going to wake up in the morning and be driven by what someone else is saying about you or how much, like basically how much weight are you putting in that, you know? And I think it's a matter of first acknowledging that and realizing, wow, okay, let's say I have a pie chart and there's two slices on this pie chart. How big is the slice of the energy that I'm giving other people's opinions of me and what I'm doing? And how big is the slice that I'm giving myself? And I think when we look at it that way, it's very easy to quickly see like, whoa, okay, that slice is massive. Let's get that. How can I shift that? Um, and again, I think that's, that is easier said than done, but I, it starts with that awareness and just taking an honest look at that first before just saying, oh, stop caring about what other people think. Cause I think that's, yeah, you know, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. And that brings up a good question. Like, um, you know, how many times have we heard either maybe our parents say, don't, don't worry about what other people think. What <laughs> right. do you feel? And I'm not saying that's necessarily bad advice, but in your line of work, what do you feel like is um, poor advice that you've heard given to people out there uh, that, that should be corrected? I think it's that, but without the, um, the guidance of awareness. So I love, so we were talking about ignorance awareness. And then I think the third stage is movement. So that's really where you're doing your thing and not taking on the responsibility of what others are thinking. I think it's common in this, you know, self development world to want to skip from this state of ignorance to the state of movement without going into that awareness and getting to the why, why do I care so much? Where did that come from? Why does that matter to me? And then yes, I can tackle it and I can make changes. But I think that takes a lot of patience and time, right? 
we, we kind of live in this quick world where we want to go from, I have a problem and I want to fix it. Mm. But that state of awareness is that that's where it, the magic happens. It's yeah, ugly it, and it's uncomfortable. That's why people want to skip it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it gets me thinking about like an old, like a, just a simple adage that most people, right. Like have, so you're talking about ignorance, awareness, movement. Mm-hmm. And I think ready, aim, fire yeah right like what happens if you're just ready and you just start firing yeah without the aim right Right. like exactly yeah so that's that kind of like that that really resonated with me and I mean okay I gotta be honest it it feels like we're coaching with you in the moment (laughs) I just can't stop thinking (laughs) it's good and to bring it into between the miles it's kind of like crawl walk run right you wouldn't tell a baby who's crawling all right time to run you wouldn't skip walking. You have to learn to walk and then you can run. Yeah, no, definitely. The buildup is is so important um, in, in whether it's crawl to run or just any kind of long distance running. Um, you know, I, I, I learned that the hard way. That's a story for another time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, Kate, I, I mean, so much of what you're sharing is, is good and important. And we're going to jump into some uh, fun, rapid fire sort of questions in a second. But um, you mentioned it at the beginning, but please mention it again. If people want to learn more about what you do and who you are, what's the best way that they can do that? Yes. So I am right to be relevant.com is the best place. I'm, I'm back and forth with my relationship with social media, but I am always available via email. Kate C A I T at right to be relevant.com. Um, yeah. Would love yeah. to, I love talking to people regardless of what happens. I just love talking to people about this stuff. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, for our listeners, we like to shoot our, um, guests a couple of questions before they jump on. Um, Matt, I, I love this question. I'm going to ask it. Uh, so Kate, what purchases of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months? And uh, feel free to share the brand model or and where you found it. So a couple of things come to mind for this. I pretty much, my toxic trait is that I buy books like every other day and I just, they just show up. It's like, oh, what do we have? Book, new book today. So lots of books. But I really have to say roller skates. So my uh, fiance, Matt, got me roller skates for my birthday last year. And it is life changing. And gosh, I just I realize like how much of a pillar of like play that offers in my life. Like it's just some good, clean fun, you know? Yeah. um, So two things on that really quickly. Number one, we got my daughter roller skates this year. And I'm all I'm thinking is like post pandemic would you just come roller skate with her? Cause I think hearing from mom and dad all the time, it would just be like so cool uh, for her, her to have someone to look up to uh, that, that gets the same enjoyment. And then yes. I, I think Chris and I are probably the same with books, but I was thinking about something and, and I, I hope, you know, this isn't out, outside the lines here, but you know, book club by type, Ooh, right? Yeah. Right. Book club by type in the Briar Myers Briggs or, or even recommendations by type of like, you know, like how, you know, how could we create this bookshelf that like people could connect with that starts to get them in that awareness space, you know? Well, well I, Matt, I, I, I think an ENFP book has to be a book that listens to us and has lots of pictures. <laughs> so, you know, it's like <laughs> coloring books. And... Yeah. Coloring books. There yes. you go. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm here for that. But no, I totally think that's hilarious. Also 100% down for the roller skating. I think she could probably teach me some tricks because I'm, you know, on that beginner level as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, uh, um, are there any quotes or sayings that you live by? Oh, I, oh, I just love, I, I love reading. So I'm really, I love this. If you asked me tomorrow, I would have a different answer probably. But today my quote lately that I love is, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. Dr. My, my Angelo. I think that is really, again, going back to that ignorance awareness movement. You know, if you're in that state of ignorance, you really don't know what you don't know. So when you get into that awareness, now you know better. So let's do what you can so you can do better. Yeah, definitely. And, and coming back to books here for a second, what is the book or books that you've given most and why? Mm. I love The Four Agreements. That book is um, something that I find myself picking up often. Um, and I, it really, again, it depends. I, I'm really empowered by Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I loved that book. Um, Lost Connections is a book that I've been recommending a lot lately. It's about depression. And um, basically, he talks about how depression is a lack of connection in, I think it's nine different ways. Um, I found that really empowering. So I don't know. It's, I know I'm all over the place with that answer, but I got, I got recommendations for days. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, all right. And so uh, my last question, if Matt wants to jump in with one, he can, but what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love about yourself? Mm. I couldn't. I can't think of like a pinpointed habit, but I think generally I've gotten the feedback in my life. Like you're so, I can't believe you just said, like you're just kind of awkward. And I think it's hilarious because I don't feel awkward, but I know that I'm just kind of a quirky person. And I, I, uh, I have a vibrant personality that says things. And I think people are like, I just like to get to the real stuff, you know? So I just kind of go there quickly. Um, so that's, I think that's makes me kind of generally absurd, but Hey, I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> awesome. awesome. So, uh, and, and I think this is going to hopefully, uh, take us home because, uh, this has just been an awesome conversation, but you know, what are you working on now? What's next? And who can we help you get connected to in, in that mission? So Last year, I really put my heart and soul into this online course. I saw a need. I think everyone could benefit from this information. I think it's funny. People ask me like, who are you trying to work with? And I have a hard time answering that because I just think we all could use some more self-awareness and self-compassion, like just being kinder to ourselves. Um, So I saw a need for making this material approachable for everyone. So that's why I I know a lot of people, you know, can't afford to invest in, you know, thousands of dollars in coaching. And also a lot of people aren't ready to be vulnerable like that and jump on a call and start talking about, you know, the depths of their, their mind. Right. So I wanted to create this course to make everything approachable. Um, And really it's, I call it a self-study course because you get your own login and you really just work through everything and it's you and I'm there to advocate for you basically until you're reminded that you are your own advocate. So that's really what my heart and soul right now is my online course. I'm just trying to share it with as many people as possible. 
Um, and where I am headed, I would say, I think I really am passionate about these principles of self-awareness and self-compassion. So that's the what, the how is always flexible for me. So right now it's the course. I would love to, I'm always thinking of new ideas of how I can communicate with people. And obviously with COVID it's, you know, you have to really get creative there. Um, I'm thinking about doing some children's books. I would love to get these ideas into the hands of the little ones and also encourage conversation between parents and um, children because this, ah, this stuff is so important. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, Kate, thank you so much for everything that you shared and, um, and everyone who's listening, uh, uh, be sure to definitely check out her courses and her website uh, at righttoberelevant.com. We'll of course have all of that in the show notes. Kate, this was a great conversation. And I know we were just actually scratching the surface or to use our analogy, uh, starting in the first mile. So uh, probably definitely will want to have you back to uh, talk about some of this other stuff, especially uh, the love-hate relationship between social media, because I think mm. there's a lot there for sure. But um, on behalf of Matt, uh, Kate, thank you so much for uh, joining us this uh, for this conversation. And we will uh, definitely look forward to seeing you on the journey. Yay, thank you guys so much. I'm so grateful. This was a really fun conversation. All right, Matt, that was a great conversation with Kate. Again, her enthusiasm, her um, inspirational uh, just wisdom, I, I think is just something that is so good for anybody who's looking to just kind of learn more about themselves. Um, what are some of the things that you took away from uh, our conversation with Kate? Yeah, um, I think the first word that comes to mind uh, wasn't, you know, I said authentic earlier on, I think in the conversation or probably said it a lot, um, but she's just got this courageousness and vulnerability and transparency. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think the transparency is the word that I was looking for here. I mean, for her to talk about her relationship with um, therapy and, um, you know, her relationship with alcohol and how that had defined her and, and how she's made the shifts there. I thought that the transparency, you know, you could see why she's successful, at what she does and, and how she uh, organically connects with other people, because when you're around someone, uh, that, you know, is willing to open themselves up like that to you. It's almost like, you know, you can only mirror that in return. And, and so um, that was one of the biggest things I took away from our conversation today, for sure. Definitely, definitely. Anytime you talk to someone who's authentic and upfront about some of those things, it just kind of disarms you, right? It allows you to open up as well. And I think that's something that... Um, that we're going to learn through the show. And, and one thing I would encourage our listeners to do is not to be afraid to be vulnerable. In fact, you know, if you have questions that you're afraid might be offensive or might be sensitive or, you know, things like that, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but there are times where I, I feel like I want people to ask me some of those more difficult, challenging questions. And when we had that conversation with Kate and with her coaching and her ability to take someone through something like the Myers-Briggs or whatnot, I, I just think that, um, it just promotes uh, healthy conversations, which of course can lead to healthy relationships. 
Yeah, I had the privilege after our, our uh, you know, we, we um, stopped the record button today, just, you know, reconnecting with Kate just offline. And, you know, I don't know if this did or did not come through to our listeners, but I mean, the ideas that pour out of her, there's only continued greatness that, that I see in someone like that. And, you know, for her, you know, I think one of the biggest things is, um, you know, she's now becoming a mentor for others and she's finding herself in a space as she's continued to like make these changes in her life to uh, really start to seek out, right, the additional relationships in her life that are going to help her progress to those, you know, those next levels. And, and so, you know, for those who are listening, it, you know, if at any point you're feeling like you're hitting your head on the, the, the ceiling of achievement or you are kind of feeling stuck, right, you're probably missing a person. And, and this is something that I've, you know, I, I've learned on a couple of the things that I read and listen to and, and whatnot. And so a lot of times it's a mentor and, and most people don't know where to start with that. But, uh, I, you know, I think Kate would be a tremendous person for that in anyone's life. And, um, and I, I gotta tell you, I, I seek those people out all the time in, in mine. Definitely, definitely. And so, um, you know, uh, Matt, let, let's keep uh, these conversations with going. I'm looking forward to uh, our next conversation with our next guest. And uh, for those of you who are listening, be sure to tune in. And uh, if you wanna learn more about Kate, uh, I know we mentioned it in the show, but go ahead to writetoberelevant.com. And there you can learn more about Kate and the services that she offers and, and just also a little bit more about uh, of what she's about. Uh, so definitely check that out. Again, that's writetoberelevant.com. It'll be in our show notes. Um, and for our show notes and more information about our episodes or previous episodes, feel free to check out betweenthemiles.com. And you can always subscribe to us on iTunes or anywhere where this podcast can be heard. And we would love it if you left a review, especially a five-star review. And uh, again, if you're looking for a way to connect with others, just go up to them and say, hey, do you like podcasts? Check out betweenthemiles.com and uh, check out this new podcast. So share us with your friends, family, neighbors, uh, the waitress uh, or barista at your local coffee shop, uh, the next person you see, your garbage person, mail person, it does not matter. We would love to spread the word. Matt, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you, going, slowing down to better connect with one another and meet other people. Again, this is Between the Miles. I'm Chris. With me is Matt. We'll see you next time.